Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins a three-pointer, puts it in. A 15-point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The doctor TC Martin launches. Now in TC Martin Show coming away live on a Monday, KSHBM 1400, 107.1 FM, streaming at the TCMartinShow.com. The doctor is on the road. He is currently in the Windy City, getting set for the Chicago Sky Aces game going down tomorrow night as the Aces just continue to stroll along 21 and 2. On the season, the clear-cut folks, cream of the crop in the WNBA, and uh, a lot of fun for us here in Las Vegas to get a chance to see that team play game in and game out. A guy that I love uh, have a lot of fun getting a chance to uh, talk hoops and have here live in studio. He's a Las Vegas native, folks. Class of 1989, as am I. Although he went to Las Vegas High School. <laughs> I went to high school, in, and I graduated from Longmeadow, Massachusetts High School, Coach Che Jones, in 1989. 89. So we are right there, my friend. Uh, Coach Jay Jones, the assistant coach now with the uh, College of Southern Nevada, the uh, Coyotes, folks. Coyotes. Yep. And... Uh, uh, former basketball player himself, played professionally in Cyprus, yep. and uh, uh, proud, very, very proud uh, Buckeye as well, too. <laughs> and uh, always great to talk basketball with you, Definitely, Coach Jay. I appreciate Definitely. you spending some time Definitely. on a Monday. Definitely. We had a lot of fun in the last couple of years at some Rebel games, you and I. Yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're someone also uh, has done a tremendous job when it comes to mentoring a lot of those players over there at the Thomas Mac and over there at Thank UNLV. You. And uh, we're going to talk about some of them because we, of course, uh, the last couple of weeks, right, Coach Che? It has been basketball central oh here goodness. in town. Oh my uh, your head coach, Coach Lee, of course, uh, yeah. was being recognized yes. at an event. Yes. I, I covered the NBA Summer League. I was there pretty much every other day, if not every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw Coach Lee getting yeah. uh, getting recognized, and rightfully so, rightfully so. at, uh, at uh, one of the breaks during yeah. the NBA Summer League. Yeah, I mean, what he did, you know, I mean, what he's done in this community is, mm-hmm. is pretty valuable. But yeah. what what he did in such a short period of time uh, right there with uh, that Durango team this year is remarkable. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the probably one of the greatest uh, runs that a high school team has had to a championship in recent memory here. You know, I mean, they didn't slide through and beat some low level teams. Yeah. They went to the top of the mountain and, and they uh they defeated the Kraken for real. They went down to the deep, the depths <laughs> to go chop the head off the Kraken. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they went through Liberty. They went through Gorman and they, they got it done. Yeah. I mean, they, that, that was an amazing, amazing run. Um, and that energy, that passion, that, uh, that commitment to what he does, you know, he's a former firefighter and you know, those guys are, you know, they're, they're Navy SEALs sort, sort of mentality, those guys. So, you know, he brings that to the program. And I think that, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go in the right direction. 
And yeah. he's, he's probably somebody that's very prepared, as are you, mm-hmm. as far as making the transition. I mean, you've, you coached in college before yeah, yeah, yeah. yourself, but like, I don't, I don't anticipate it's going to be a major bump in the road, right? When it comes to a high school coach going and, and coaching at the college level. You know, I, I would be less than honest if I was saying I wasn't concerned about that initially, mm-hmm. but having initially, you know, our initial conversations, I was like, man, this is what I want to be with. Right. You know, he is, he's locked in, he's engaged, he knows what it's going to take. Um, he, he understands what we have, where we're trying to go and how we need to get there. You know, it's really easy to say, okay, we want championships. Yeah. Uh, we, we want some of the best players in America. We want to, you know, have all Americans. That's easy to say, but without having, you know, experience doing it or without having, you know, the, the, Having everything readily accessible exactly. for you, like yeah. being in a hotbed, mm-hmm. you know, um, and having some of the resources, some of the, so, some of the other junior colleges yeah. in the nation mm-hmm. have, he's got a firm grasp on it. And we are, you know, coming in as late as we did as a staff, which we have a great staff, but coming in as late as we did as a, as a staff, for him to have such a firm grasp on it and we to be, and for us to be so locked in so late in the game, uh, is really refreshing. I've been part of programs that are already in place. And we get to this point and we're no further along than we were in March, you know, and that that's a little disconcerting with this. It's very exciting to know that we are psychologically, mentally locked in. We have the guys locked in and um, I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do. And I got to say, look, uh, Coach, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some expert on all things CSN, (laughs) Coyote basketball, but. Given the kind of landscape that is college basketball today, mm-hmm. right, where mm-hmm. the transfer portal is so prevalent, yeah, and it, it just wasn't when we were back back mm-hmm. when we were in college. I mean, it was a shock when Olivier St. John, right? I grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Michigan State fan, but when Olivier St. John left Michigan to go to San Jose State, that was like a huge deal, yeah. right? Back back in the early '90s, yeah, it just wasn't really a prevalent thing. No, now, right. uh, given that you do have so much fluctuation and so much movement. In yeah. college basketball, it makes it uh, it makes it more impactful, I guess is the word I'm going to use when it comes to co- to junior colleges yeah. and 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 having the ability for you and Coach Lee to, to get guys that maybe looking to make the next step. Maybe they aren't ready to go to to, to a Division One program mm-hmm. right away, but they can come to your program and be impactful and then make that jump. Yeah, you know, I, I think that that's uh, that's a big part of the beauty of our program. You know, myself, mm-hmm. Mike Lee. Um, our other assistants, Brian Wilcox, yeah. who's a local guy, and Harvey Perry Jr., who's a local guy, has been around Las Vegas basketball for, you know, 30 years. Um, I think we give so many different perspectives of the college experience as players and as coaches and what regions we've been in that we're going to give our, we're going to be able to give kids a perspective that perhaps they haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be playing at an NAIA school or Division II school or, playing at a division one school and what type of division one schools you're going to. Um, I think we're going to be able to provide so many different perspectives that we're going to be able to touch on everything that kids are going to be able to do. Um, You know, it's um, it's like you said, it's a totally different world today. Okay. It's totally different world. You know, before you had four years of eligibility, you had, you know, you had five years to play four or three years to play two. If you were at a junior college. Now the, the mentality is, I have five years or four years to get it right. Mm -hmm. And whether or not we like that or not is not the issue. The question is, how do we utilize that to benefit not only the program and the players, but ourselves as a, as a staff? How can we utilize those needs and desires and wants of these young players to fit in 
and, and, you know, really work on a, on a one year, you know, a yeah. one year time, timetable there, you know, so I, I think that's going to be unique within itself. But we, like I said, we have, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Wilcox. Brian Wilcox is a local guy here, played at Bonanza High School. Okay. Um, was just unbelievable point guard. Um, ended up, he played, was a point guard with J.R. Ryder over at Antelope Valley. Uh, played at uh, St. Francis in New York. Just a tough player, you know, and I think he gives that kind of an edge to guys, you know, to showing them how you can grind it out and go from the community college level on up to the higher level. You know, um, obviously myself, I have my own accolades. You know, Harvey has been around Las Vegas and a lot of these kids because he was a part of the program before. So he's had a hand in recruiting these guys. And, you know, with myself and, and Harvey, we're from that neighborhood. Yeah. We know these guys. We know what day-to-day life is like over there. You know, and I think, um, you know, I've always been a big advocate of the fire department and guys there. I have a lot of friends that have been on the, on the uh, you know, have been in the department. And I think what Mike brings as a former firefighter is a, is a certain level of dedication and commitment. And we all know the firefighters are very giving, you know, caring individuals. And I think that getting that type of mentality from your head coach is very important for young players. You know, it used to be we were kind of mentors slash father figures, but we have sports have, we, we've carved, carved out our own niche as coaches nowadays. So we wear a hat that isn't a hat that's replacing the hat that maybe an absentee father once had. A lot of these kids have a male figure in their life already. Mm-hmm. You know, either an AAU coach or an uncle or dad maybe or whoever, right? We have a role as a coach. And it's a certain expectation that kids have of us or their families have of us or administrations at the colleges have of us. Mm-hmm. And I think we touch every single one of those aspects with our staff. And uh, in the short period of time we've been with this group of kids, they've really been buying into it. And uh, like I said earlier, I think we're going to we're going to do some pretty good things with this group. Coach Jay Jones joining us here on the T.C. Martin Show, assistant coach with the CSN Coyotes basketball program. You talked about the uh, the mentorship. I talked about it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I be, before you came on, I was talking a little bit of UNLV v, v basketball. You mentioned, of course, we I cover the team. You, you are uh, very influential, is the word I'll use, when it comes uh-huh. to some of the, the players over yeah, at that yeah. program and other programs as well, yeah, too. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into some other players, too, by the way, from Vegas, okay. as far as what uh, they might have an opportunity at the next level. Yeah. But UNLV basketball, right? You were mm-hmm. here back when this was a program yeah. that was prominent. Yeah. Around the country. Yes. Right. I mean, I went to college and high school completely on the other side of the country. Everybody knew what UNLV basketball yeah. was. It's not at that point right now no. that it was. And the anticipation is it's probably not going to be up to that level anytime soon. But I think there are expectations, aren't there locally, especially, that this is a program that can elevate itself, that can get yeah. back to a point where in the Mountain West Conference, they are more than relevant and they're absolutely a program that can get back to a spot where they're not only very uh, have the ability to win Mountain West championships, but can get back to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of things are happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Okay, first and foremost, you know, we've had a divorce from success mm-hmm. at UNLV. Um, and we have to understand that. You know, mom yeah. and dad aren't together anymore. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean mom can't be happy. That doesn't mean dad can't be happy. And in the meantime of the last 35 years, the conference that UNLV basketball is in, the Mountain West Conference, has improved. Mm -hmm. It's gotten better. It isn't 
the Patriot League. <laughs> you know, it isn't, it, it's gotten better. And it's hard for us to understand that it's gotten better. But year in, year out, we have teams in this league that make noise. So it, it isn't where, like it used to be back in the day when it was just UNLV. That was it. And no one else, you know, Majerus had great teams at Utah, mm-hmm. but for the most part, no one else contended with UNLV at that, at that higher level, right? Yeah. So I think we need to understand that as we've gotten away from elite level basketball where, you know, and in all honesty, I don't think any program is going to be able to be what UNLV was in 1990. I don't think we'll see that again because of so many factors. Yeah. Number one, there are, infinitely more players playing the game mm-hmm. you know there, you can go to you can go to any little village in, in in croatia any place you know all over the world and there's a kid that can play division one basketball there used to be states in this country that didn't have kids that could play yeah. division one basketball so the game has grown the conference has grown and we aren't i don't think we're going to see the closest thing you could really look at that is to what unlv basketball was in the 90s was maybe alabama football you know, UConn women's basketball. Dominating the game isn't going to happen anymore. It's going to fluctuate. UConn, 10 years ago, it looked like no one would ever beat them again. And now you look and you have other programs, you know, South Carolina, Notre Dame, Stanford has been consistent, but you have these other, in women's basketball, these other programs that are starting to elevate. Because what happens is the talent is all the way over there, and then players that are just as talented as that, they feel as though, well, I'm not going to go there and play 15 minutes. Instead of going to Alabama, I'm going to go to Ohio State or I'm going to go to USC. Yeah. And it, it'll fluctuate. They'll be better. They'll be better. And it'll keep going back and forth. So I don't think we'll see sheer domination like we've yeah. seen in the past. But that doesn't mean that UNLV can't get back to where it was. I put the onus on the community as well. Mm-hmm. Kevin has has a lot of responsibility, no, but no doubt. The players have a lot of responsibility as well as administration, right? But I think one thing, if you look at the consistency of Ohio State football, Alabama, Alabama football, UConn women's basketball, the programs in this country that have that type of success, one thing they have in common, Alabama fans are fanatic, just like Buckeye fans, just like Yankee fans, just like Cowboy fans, win, lose, or draw. And we have to stick with these kids no matter what. Okay. We're putting a lot of pressure on a freshman point guard. Well, let's be honest, a senior point guard, a senior out of high school point guard, right? right? To, to resurrect this program. And I think we need to take, we need to pump the brakes a little bit on that and allow this kid to mature. And you it's know? a great segue yeah. to coach Che because here's the deal. Uh, this is something I think that is a big difference. Um, as far as UNLV basketball is concerned now in the Kevin Kruger era than it has been in the past five, six, seven, eight years. Mm. And that is this. They weren't able to keep the likes of a Robinson here, right? They weren't able to keep the likes of a Julian Strother here to play at UNLV. Yes. But they did get DJ Thomas, right? And that is a monster, monster plus for Kevin Kruger and his staff. And that's what I want to get in. I'll get your take on also. Kevin Kruger, right? Obviously his father, Lon, Tremendous amount of success across the board in yes. college basketball as a coach for multiple programs. Uh, Kevin, uh, you know, a, a guy that essentially grew up in the game and has turned out to be a pretty solid coach. I think I wasn't necessarily when he was initially hired. I was I wasn't super high on it because I thought he still needed some quote unquote seasoning as a coach mm-hmm. before he got that 
Division One level job yes. at UNLV, but he's kind of uh, he's kind of turned me a little bit. Your thoughts on Kevin Kruger on what he brings to the table and uh, what kind of impact he can yeah. have as the coach? Well, you know, I it's, you know they call it baptism by fire. Yeah. You know, um, first and foremost, you know, Kevin being a friend, a personal friend of mine, you know, I'm I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. When he was initially hired, I also thought that he needed more time. And I honestly believe that his father and Kevin would have agreed that he did need an opportunity maybe to be an associate head, be given to delegate some responsibilities to or, or understand the landscape of things and then dive in. But considering the fact that these jobs are so hard to come by and he got the opportunity, you don't turn those opportunities away. You take them. And you go with them. And I think for the most part, he did a relatively decent job. By Vegas standards, absolutely not. But Vegas standards are set with us getting to an Elite Eight. That's not realistic for anybody. That's not a realistic goal if they would have hired Patino. You know, so I think that we what we do need to understand is Kevin is a young coach. Kevin's identity as a coach is not what his identity is going to be in 10 years. It's not going to be what it's going to be in 20 years. You know, you look at Coach K at the end of his career, and Coach K when he lost to UNLV in 1990, he's a totally different coach. He was still a great coach on both sides of that, but he's matured with the game. He's matured with the players. I think Kevin needs an opportunity. In the midst of Kevin becoming a head coach, these things have happened. NIL, okay, mm-hmm. and COVID. Yeah. Once he... Once he first sat down on a college bench in Flagstaff to him becoming a coach today, two of the most extreme things in the history of college sports have happened. COVID and NIL. And I think any coach at any level, any sport that had to deal with it, I coached my team, you know, virtually. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. any coach that had to deal with that, it's a whole nother level. So being able to deal with that, I think – he needs to be given some credit for that first and foremost. Coming out of that on the other side of those things and being able to still have a hand in recruiting and be able to land what will arguably be the biggest recruit that UNLV has had, probably, uh, I think, I guess you can say Zimmerman, you know, a high yeah. level player, you know, nationally that coaches all over the country want it. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that, uh, Coming out on the other side of that, getting a kid like DJ is tremendous. Now he's done that. DJ has to put the work in the gym. His team, his teammates have to rally behind him. He's a young point guard. But I think the other component of that is this city. This city needs to back off a little bit off of Kevin. We definitely need to with this young point guard. We need to allow him to mature in, in a more natural setting. We're putting the pressure on a 17-year-old to resurrect a, pre- a program that hasn't had success in his lifetime is, is a little unrealistic. I think it's unfair. He is a great point guard. The last thing we want to do is become victim to the portal because we run a kid out of here. Let's embrace him. Let's allow this coach to mature. Let's allow this player to mature. And allowing him to do that together, I think you can look up in two or three years, and this program is where we all want it to be. Coach Jay Jones and me, Chris Wynn, on the T.C. Martin Show, coming away live here from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, talking some hoops. Uh, we had the NBA Summer League in town. 
uh, about a week and a half ago. It was mm-hmm. WNBA action all over the place, Coach <laughs> Jay, with yeah. the WNBA All-Star game and the yeah. Aces coming in here and waxing people. Uh, NBA Summer League, right? We're talking about UNLV a little bit here. Yep. Let's talk about some of the former players, right, from UNLV mm-hmm. that played in the Summer League. The first guy I'm going to talk about is someone that uh, you've had a relationship with, of course, yeah, yeah. Bryce Hamilton. Yeah. You know, one of the top players in the Mountain West, really. Yes. And, yes. Uh, player of the year. Yeah, and was outstanding. I'll die on uh, that hill. <laughs> yeah, and I, and, I, and I was there for yeah. a couple of his games with the Los Angeles Lakers in yeah. Summer League. Look, my initial reaction and view when it comes to Bryce, I think absolutely, from an offensive standpoint, he should be able to get on an NBA roster, right? Yeah. I'm not a general manager, okay? I don't mm-hmm. have, uh, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, oh yeah, he's going to be playing for an NBA team next year. But I think there's no question, from an offensive standpoint, he's able to get a shot. He made an impact in the games I saw here yes. in Vegas, yes. in the NBA Summer League. What are your thoughts about his prospects as a pro moving forward, whether it's in the NBA or overseas? Well, first of all, he'll, he'll make the lion's share of his life earnings as a basketball player. He will be playing yeah. basketball until he decides to no longer play basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that'll be at the highest level overseas or whether or not that'll be as a journeyman here in the NBA, it's yet to be seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what he is most, uh, he is not a great on ball defender. Okay, mm-hmm. but w- the NBA isn't about that. Yeah. The NBA is about guys understanding responsibilities, rotations, and I was surprised last summer at how well and how quick he was able to pick that up. Okay, um, and I, he's only gotten better at that. Um, and if you watch him, he is taking the role with that team and with the G League team towards the end of their season that he took with UNLV. You guys know that if you get the ball to me. I will make a play for us. And these guys know it. You know, Scotty Pippen Jr., those guys that played with him, they trusted in him. It wasn't, you know, they didn't look at it as themselves and then these other guys were good. They looked at it as Bryce and I, you know. Um, so I, I think that he is, you know, he, he's an emotional kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, very, he keeps himself, but he's an emotional kid. And I think that the more comfortable he is, the better he plays. And I think right now he is at a comfort level that uh I would not be surprised at all to see him lock down a deal with a team, maybe uh maybe a long term deal, not necessarily with the Lakers, but uh with somebody. He has proven that he he's proven that he's better than ten to fifteen percent of the players in the NBA right now. Speaking of a guy that's emotional, a guy that's been playing pro for a, for a handful of years now, and former UNLV Rebel Brandon McCoy, another guy that yeah. I saw yeah. at NBA Summer League in a different position right now mm-hmm. as far as his career. But uh, I guess I'll, I'll ask the question, I'll use the word surprise. Are you surprised that Brandon hasn't had a more, uh, had, had, had a more NBA centric or, you know, had, had a better career, I guess is the way I'll put it from a professional basketball standpoint, given the, the flat out talents that, 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 that kid has in the game of basketball. Well, you, you know, it's, um, Bryce and I, I mean, uh, Brandon and I have become really close. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in Arizona when I was in Arizona. Um, so that was our connection, you know, UNLV. And then when I came out here, he moved back. Um, I, when I was in the midst of trying to organize the, uh, the TBT team, he was one of the main pieces that I was looking at. Um, so he and I stayed in, in, in really, really close conversation as well as his agent. And, uh, the thing with him was the injury. He just needed to get over the injury. And with a lot of guys, especially big guys, their biggest thing is the psychological side of the injury. You know, us little guys, we get dinged up. We've been getting dinged up since day one. It's nothing but big guys. It's, they're like, wow, I'm actually hurt. 
Mm-hmm. So he has to physically get over it. He has to mentally and psychologically get over it. And I think right now he's getting to that point. I wouldn't be surprised because one thing about Brandon is he actually passes well for a big guy. And he actually off of that, you know, he likes to do it. I don't think he should always do it. Shoot the three. But um, he can off of one dribble pull up relatively decent Mm -hmm. you know so i I think that gives him as a pick and pop guy as a guy that can run the floor and finish above the rim i think that gives him an opportunity in today's game that if he was the same exact player 20 years ago i think he would be done you know but i think his mobility and you know he's so hungry because of what the projections were and this is what going back to what i was talking about with dj we get out of control with these projections sometimes mm, yeah. you talk about the top football players in in, in, in the quarterbacks right yeah you talk about mahomes mid-level guy kirk, kirk cousins and a bottom level guy marcus Mariota. Yeah. right mm-hmm. you know what, what's funny about that is the heisman trophy winner is the bottom guy exactly yeah. and the guy that was like hey can he play at this level he's one of the arguably one of the best of all time like tom yeah. brady mm-hmm. right so i think that we get out of control with some of these projections and i think Brandon fell victim to that. These projections were, is he one and done? You know, he's out playing Aiden. Is he this? And then, you know, for a young kid, he's looking at Aiden have this success. And he was like, there's not too much of a difference between us. Why am I not having that? You, you know, so that kind of falls in there. And you know what? Another player was also, I think, a victim of that. And you brought him up about 10 minutes ago. Steven Zimmerman Jr. Yes. I got to admit, Coach Che, look, I've been in Vegas for 20 years, okay? So sometimes yeah. I am a guy who's a cheerleader for the local guys, right? Yes, exactly. And when Steven Zimmerman Jr. came out at, at, after his senior year of high school at Bishop Gorman, I'm like, I want to believe this guy's going to be an NBA star. I, I, just, I mean, I yeah. see the size. I saw the passing ability in high school. I'm like, this guy can be a player, yeah. right? And it didn't really shake out for Steven. He ended up playing, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Magic in the NBA. He was drafted I think, in the second round by the Magic. Yeah. Played uh, a couple 10-day contracts, I think. Then ended up going overseas. I want to say in Switzerland or Germany or wherever yep. he went. Played professionally. And now, uh, again, like you're you saying, he's, I think he's back in Vegas. But, uh, you know, Steven Zimmerman Jr., I think, was a victim of that as well, too, of the yeah. high expectations and then yeah. not necessarily panning out. Yeah, I think, I think sometimes we stunt the growth of players or the progress of players because we say this kid can be this. Let's map a plan out for him. And this is what I love about Mike. You know, yeah. we're saying we should be able to do this. We should be able to do that. But this is how we're going to do it. This is why we're going to do it. And this is the time frame in which we're going to do it. And, and I think that's really important because today's kids, we talk about this all the time. They're, they're visible. You know, you can't just tell them. They need to see it. They need tangible evidence of how we're going about this. You know, so um, I, I think you're right with, with Steven. It's another one that was uh, we projected him so high that it's hard. You know, and it, I mean, it's no different than what they did with LeBron and what they've done, they're doing with Wimby right now. Yeah. It's the same exact thing, but it's the circle around those those people and the people that are working with that kid hands on day to day that'll keep him grounded with tangible work, not just say, hey, don't believe the hype. That's not good enough or or convincing him that it's true you got to give him stuff so if he can get down every single day and realize wow i can't make 20 out of 53s i got to work on my shot even though they're saying i can shoot the ball you take a guy like scoot okay if scoot gets in the gym every single day and he can't shoot 50 percent just on an individual workout then it's gonna it's gonna click to him i gotta improve this because i'm looking at these other guys they're making 80 percent of their threes undefended you know so i think you have to really get down in the trenches with these kids and give them something tangible to work on and and dj 
in particular as a point guard, he needs that because, you know, I always say this to, to the point guards I work with, it's the politics of the position, all right? We don't get the credit when we're successful, and we get the blame when things go wrong. Yeah, You're listening to T.C. Yeah. Martin Show live on a Monday. Chris Wynn, Coach Jay Jones, join us live in studio, assistant coach with the CSN Coyotes. We're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, i got to get in some more players, local players that, uh, okay. are, that are looking to chase down their dream yep. of playing professional basketball. And uh, talk a little bit of uh, college basketball aspects, too. You brought up the NIL situation, obviously something that's monstrous mm-hmm. in the game of college basketball, college sports as a whole, as a whole. period. So I want to get, yeah. get your takes on some of that as well, too. It's Chris Wynn, it's Coach Jay Jones, and it's Numchuck live in studio on a Monday. The T.C. Martin Show coming away live on cool. K. Shop. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me beg. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. The doctor is in the Windy City. Getting set. Chicago Sky, Las Vegas Aces tomorrow night. As C.C. Martin is the voice of our world champion Las Vegas Aces. And as Numchuck pointed out earlier in the show, the hot dog picks, the grub picks, they're already going up on social media. And uh, here live in the studio, I'm Chris Wynn filling in for the Dr. T.C. Martin, joined by one of our favorites, assistant coach with CSN, the Coyotes basketball program. Coach Jay Jones joining us here live, talking some college hoops and talking some NBA Summer League, as well as all things basketball in the summertime. And, uh, you know, in the break, we were talking a little bit about DJ Thomas, highly touted point guard coming here to UNLV, one of the most anticipated recruits in a while, right, since the likes of Anthony Bennett and Brandon McCoy and Steven Zimmerman Jr. and some others. But there's also other guys that played in the NBA Summer League too, Coach Mm -hmm. Che, who are going to have an impact. One of those guys was drafted to the NBA champions. Of course, I'm talking about Julian Strother, right? Yeah. Local Las Vegas, played at Gonzaga, mm-hmm. was instrumental, right? In yes. Gonzaga's uh, run in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Talk about Cinderella. Including here in town, <laughs> yeah. right? At T-Mobile Arena. First NCAA yes. tournament game. That's so in crazy. In Las Vegas, Vegas kid hits the shot of the of the tournament. Yeah, you can't make this stuff yeah, up, that's right? That's a bad Hollywood script, man. <laughs> and so from a college standpoint, a college career, he showed out, right? He played, played, oh, yeah. he played well. Yeah. Now he, it's the next step, right? Where you're trying to make it mm-hmm. to the NBA. I don't know how much you saw of Julian in the summer mm-hmm. league. Yeah. Um, I felt, uh, in the couple of games that I saw him play that it, 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 it seems like a log jam type of situation in Denver with that team. Look, we yeah. get it. They're the NBA champs. You know, you got the likes of, you know, Jamal Murray, uh, and across the board. I, I guess Brown leaving would, would leave a spot. For him, but mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about his opportunity to uh, to make it to the NBA and uh, his basketball prospects moving I, forward? I think that he's uh, I think he's solid. You know, mm-hmm. I've known you know I, I'm really close friends with his dad. Yeah. Um, I've known the family for a long time. You know, I remember him was a little guy. Now he's you know literally twice my height. Mm-hmm. But um, he um, I think he did. I, I think first and foremost, I think he did a tremendous job over the last few years representing the city. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of people, you know, throughout that conference and even across the country and see this kid and the way he carries himself and the way, way he, he conducts and goes about business every day and say, that kid's from Vegas. I think that's, that's good for us. Yeah. I think it's really, really good for us. I think there's eighth and ninth graders right now that will get recruited more so off the character of a Julian Strother than they will off the talent of some other kids that we've had. And I, I think as a Las Vegan, I'm very, very appreciative 
of of what he's done. You know, with that being said, he he's very he reminds me a lot of Donovan uh, Donovan Williams in, in in this sense that he has to commit himself to becoming a better shooter or commit himself to becoming a better defender and then work on the ladder later. I think that's how he gets in. Um, he has the size, the tools, the athleticism, the quickness, the length to be a good defender, especially on the weak side. Okay. Um, he also has the tools to be a much better shooter. And I think if he commits to one of those th- things and becomes better so that a GM says, okay, we're going to take a chance with this kid. And once he gets comfortable and gets acclimated, he'll do, he'll do better. Yeah. Donovan was different because Donovan, Donovan, Donovan is just like Tyrone Nesby. Mm-hmm. He believes, Donovan believes he's the best player on, on the Hawks team. And let me tell you something, Trey, Trey, Trey Young, those guys that he plays with, they love that about him. You cannot win with guys that think, eh, I'm probably the fourth best shooter on this. You can't win with guys like that. You know, that mentality, you know, that's why Michael Jordan loved Tinez so much. Because Tinez felt like, hey, it's me and Jordan. Mike, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> you know, the, and that mentality is how you win games. You got to have that mentality of guys in the locker room. Donovan had that. That's why Donovan is playing in the NBA. If, if Julian gets that, I think Julian, I, I, I believe wholeheartedly in Julian Strother. I'm sorry, but the first thing I thought of when you mentioned, of course, the, uh, Tyrone Nesby, the first thing that pops in my head, Che, is him in that uh, that awful red Los Angeles Clippers jersey that he had. <laughs> had to wear. That back when that franchise was just atrocious. He and Lamar both. Yeah, he was, he was playing. I believe <laughs> I, with Marcus Taylor, right? Yeah. And uh, and those guys. It was, it was Marcus Taylor. Uh, Lloyd Vaught was he on um, that team? Oliver Condi was on that team. Lloyd Vaught was on that. Yeah, Lloyd was on that team. Yeah. I had two friends on that team, and I'm rooting for this team. And it was the worst yeah. experience ever. Brutal. Yeah. Okay, so another guy, another Las Vegas guy. Look, there's only five guys that get named to the all-first team in the NBA mm-hmm. Summer League. Yeah. This guy was one of them. Of course, I'm talking about Orlando Robinson from Fresno State, yeah. Las Vegas guy. And uh, out of all the prospects, to be quite honest with you, with Vegas ties, I think he's got the best chance, right, to have an immediate well, impact at the NBA yeah. level. He, I think, for I think absolutely. I'll be. Let's put it this way, Coach Che Jones. I'm going to be surprised. If he's not on, if not the Miami Heat roster, he's going to be on an NBA roster in 2023-24. Well, the, the, you know, this is another, you know, I, I played, you know, his dad. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I know, uh, I know Big O, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's <Yeah>. smaller than, <laughs> he's smaller old now, yeah. but I know his dad really well. You know, he comes from a good family, raised, raised very well. You know, um, I think that in the last, he, he's a very humble kid. Yeah. So being a humble kid, especially at that position, he's learned that position at that level. He is a 2023 post player today, Mm -hmm. a guy with the ability to put the ball on the floor. He can actually use a ball screen as well as setting the ball screen. He can knock down a jumper. You know, um, he can block shots. You know, he goes and gets the ball at the highest point. He doesn't jump first. You know, um, he's going to, he's going to play somewhere. You know, I think that I, I think it may be a situation where the Heat say, well, do we want to lose him? Or do yeah. we want to look at, say, we're at the end of Adebayo's, you know, the the, the, the tail end yeah. of it, mm-hmm. right? Do we want to get some money out of Adebayo and keep this guy? I think he proved in the summer league that he's a reliable force in the middle, okay? I, I won't say force him. He's a reliable post player, okay? I think with a little bit more strength, he can become a little more strength. He's better than DeAndre Ayton. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I look up and look at, I'm not the greatest when it comes to comparisons, but immediately when I'm watching him out at the Summer League, I'm thinking kind of a comparison and uh, maybe these guys are better shooters, but I'm thinking of like a combination of like Sam Perkins and Robert Ory, Mm -hmm. kind of. You know, like that's kind of the vibe I got. Although I think uh, obviously Robinson's, I think he's a little bit bigger actually than both those guys. Yeah. But uh, that's immediately what I was thinking. But but I was also thinking, Che, is that is that the guy finds a way to make a difference, right? Yeah. And when you're out there at summer league, right, and you watch those games, I think you get a if if you have any uh, any expertise, expertise probably not the best word to use for a lot of people out there because a lot of us are just fans or just, you know, never really played. I didn't play even in high school as far as basketball. I played three other sports, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but um, when they watch games out there, right, the average Joe, the average Jane, it's difficult to decipher, okay, this guy really has a chance to play in the league and this guy is just kind of like, yeah. you know, uh, playing in summer league because they're trying to fill out the rosters. You know exactly. what I mean? You're, you're, you're spot on. And I think with Orlando Robinson, I got the feel. I just got the feel. I was like, this guy is going to be, he's going to be one of those guys like a, uh, like a Kyle Kuzma was back during summer league where you didn't necessarily know, you know, is Kyle going to yeah. be playing in the NBA? And then they were outside. Jamal Murray, another guy, Jamal Murray. Yep. I was like, ah, you know, uh, yeah, great score or whatever, but like, is he going to stick on an NBA roster? You get that kind of feel with a guy like Orlando Robinson, where he is someone who's, who made enough imp- made enough impact, yeah, in the summer in the summer league, where it's going to translate into actually playing regular season Definitely. NBA basketball. You're spot on, and yeah. the thing is this: you, you know, at that level, you're judged by the things you can't do. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know, Orlando is the most agile guy, right? But over the last 365 days, he's improved that. He's improved that tremendously just from this time at Fresno State to now. There were times I would see Royce Ham kind of bump him off of the ball screen and he'd get a little uncomfortable and maybe shoot a shot he didn't want to shoot. Now what I see him doing is getting his back on the defender, getting his shoulders and his hips down, really squaring up a guy, making a pass, going, setting the ball screen and getting what he wants as opposed to being kind of forced into what he has to do. You know, that shows a level of maturity and commitment to getting better. That as a GM, if I'm going to throw $12 million at you, I want to know that I'm not just throwing away pennies here because it's only $12 million and I need to make sure that we give this guy so much money. And that, you, you, you got to really kind of figure those things out because the same thing that'll, that can get this guy on this roster for this team won't be the same thing that can get him on the roster for that team. You know, so he may fill a void that Phoenix has, but he doesn't need to do that for Miami. Yeah. But when he's shown in such a short period of time to improve certain intangibles of his game, that says, hey, well, we maybe we can we can develop him as a stretch four. Maybe we can do this with him. Maybe we can do that with him. Or we're bringing in another big that can do this. Can, can he compliment him by doing that? And he's proven... Unlike some other post guys that are really, really good at the, like at the, at the college level, he's proven that he is, he's moldable. And, uh, I think that that's where he's, uh, and, and he, look, he showed a little bit more moxie this, this summer than I, I've seen in the past three or four years. So CSN assistant coach, coach Jay, Jay Jones joining us here live on the TC Martin show, talking some hoops and talking some NBA. Summer League. Now, you brought up his name, and he's another guy that was super intriguing as all get out when the Summer League started. Of course, that's Scoot Henderson, right? Played here with the G League Ignite here in town. 
um, is someone that uh, I think even just after watching one quick game in the NBA Summer League, you got to have fans in Portland super excited and yeah. amped up to yeah. see this kid play. Yeah. What does he bring to the table, Coach, as far as uh, his NBA prospects? And uh, is is this a situation where the where the the faithful up there in the Pacific Northwest? As far as Portland Trailblazer fans and their franchise should be uh, all kinds of excited to have this kid. Yeah, I mean he is uh, he's probably the most athletic guy. That, I mean he's one of those guys that you could you could put him on an NFL team right now and he could be your safety. Like he's that athletic. Like he is he's that Ja Morant, Jamal Murray level of athleticism. You know Dwayne Wade when he was young. Just there's nothing else like it. You know. Um, and he puts the time in the gym. So just imagine when he decides that he's going to be Marcus Smart or he decides that he's going to be Damian Lillard and he's going to knock down shots. If he does that, there's not, there's nothing in place in the NBA right now defensively that can stop a player like that. He, you know, it's like, you know, like 10 years ago when LeBron would kind of get that look in his eye and he would just go downhill play after play after play. And you kind of say to yourself, whoa. Well, the game's over. Like, if he keeps doing that, there's nothing that can be done. You know, and, and that's, that's, I hope, you know, and I've been around Scoot a little bit, not a lot. You know, um, you, you know, I, I, I sit and talk with him. He, he, it's like he's a junior in high school hoping to get recruited, mm-hmm. not on the next great thing. And that to me tells, you know, he talked about a lot about his dad when we, when we met and, uh, it lets me know that he's grounded and being grounded is the most essential thing when you're going to this league because you're going to need to be able to get in workouts. You're going to need to be able to hire a, a, a nutritionist. You're going to be able to have to be able to stick to things that aren't program-wide like in college. You know, this guy has this to do. You have that to do. It's not the same like it is in college. We all have to be there at two. You know, you may come from a from a East Coast road trip and have to get up at 5 in the morning to meet your trainer who you're paying $25,000 a month. And, you know, but to be disciplined enough to do that is what's going to separate him from another guy. And I think he has the tools to do that. Coach Jones, you are spot on with the segues here because you just led me into my (laughs) next guys that I want to talk about. All right, Coach Jones, you know I'm a Michigan guy. Mm -hmm. I'm a Detroit Pistons fan through and through. The Thompson Twins, my friend. All right. A lot of little chatter about these guys, right? Until obviously the uh, A-Man got shut down because he got yeah, hurt yeah, yeah. Uh, with the shoulder with the Houston Rockets. But uh, his brother looked pretty impressive for my Detroit Pistons. And look, this is a young team yeah. with a young core and Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey and, and, and Jalen Dern and these guys. Yeah. And so he's going into, I think, a really good situation in which, you know, uh, a, a coach that's looking to, again, continue to build on his yeah. coaching stature and Monty Williams, who I think is a really good coach. Um, uh, Thompson Twins, your thoughts on uh, what, what uh, they bring to the table? Man, they are... <laughs> They are very good. Yeah. They are very good. I was reserving judgment for them. Um, I saw a piece on them with their parents yeah. and the mom and dad are amazing. They're, they're right in between the indifferent parents and the little league dads. They're right smack dab in the middle. It's like, if you're going to do this, this is how you're going to do it. This is who you're going to listen to. This is the way you do it. If you're not going to do it, then we need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that put the onus on them 
to make the right decisions and take that first step and the parents rolled with it from there. And, uh, there's just such good kids that you root for. Them. And then when they step on the, on the floor, th- there's so many little intangibles about them that I think make them so unique. I think one is a tremendous score. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one, and that's probably by design because they play so much against each other, but one is a great defender and has a really good understanding of the ball, plays well off the ball, both offensively and defensively. Um, and for the life of me, I can't remember which one is which, you know, but, um, and then there's one that with the ball in his hands, he is just so, 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 so good. You know, um, I think that they're going to be really good. I, I think that they may be the surprise. I think, I think those two, uh, well, no, 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 the, the, the one, I can't remember which one it was, but I do believe it's the one that played with Detroit. Uh, Amir, Amir, Amir is with Detroit, uh, and uh, yeah, Amen yeah. is with uh, yeah. Houston. Yeah. So I, I think so. Amir is the one I think can be the biggest surprise, mm-hmm. and the next one I think could be the biggest surprise is uh, the kid from Kansas, the shooter, uh, Wilson. Right, that was, that Wilson was, was that his name? Is it with playing with? Uh, I want to say oh, I want to say they broke the Nets, right? I think it's Wilson. No, is it Wilson? No. no. But it'll come, uh, to me. it'll come to But me. going to that to that point you made, you talked you talked about Scoot Henderson, right? As far yep. as like uh, the day to day in in the G League, mm-hmm. right? Playing mm-hmm. for the G League Unite. That's what's kind of unique about the Thompson twins, right? Yeah. They come from that that uh, yeah. that procedure. I guess it's not really a great word, but but they come from Atlanta where it was all structured, right? It's not like you and I when we were in college, mm-hmm. when I was playing college yeah. football, you were playing college basketball, yeah. that kind of it wasn't that college atmosphere. Yeah. It was a basketball, yeah, yes, they were they were going to school yeah. and they had a structure to their day, but it was just different. It was right? similar to tennis kids. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. like that is gonna it's gonna be kind of a it's gonna be kind of a temperature gauge, really. Yeah, I, I believe so. With the Thompson I, yes. twins, as far as okay, they came from that environment, Scoot and and uh, by the way, in the last five six years, a lot of players that have played in the G League gone, yeah. haven't gone the college what was route. It, the top five they go the guys weren't. They go the guys? pro route, right? Yeah. Where, where you're, it's a different kind of way to go yeah. about your day to day. Yeah. To be uh, to to elevate yourself to a professional basketball player. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's very similar to those gymnast, uh, uh, tennis kids, some golf kids. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's a it's an all day thing. It's a world. You know, it's like you know. There, there hasn't been a football or basketball kid to come through that system that it works, but we're anxious to see that, you know, that they're, they're, like you said, they're going to be the blueprint for it. And if they succeed, I think, I think it may be the end of the prep school. I I think you're going to see the prep schools becoming, become those type of campuses where it's all encompassing and you're teaching them. It's all, it's an all inclusive environment where you're teaching them to not only be better players, but to learn something as well and to just become professionals. You're grooming them to, you know, kind of like, uh, the, you know, the, um, in Nashville where you have all the, the writers, all the, all the yeah. country singing, the, the country music writers, they're all living one place mm-hmm. and they're feeding off the energy of one another. And you're, you're going to see if this is going to work. And I, I think. If there's anyone that I think it could work for, it would be those two kids. And, of course, Coach Jones, that brings us to the guy who had the biggest spotlight on him when the NBA Summer League rolled around. Of course, I'm talking about Victor Webignana, number one overall pick, talking about a generational talent, right, as far as the ability. He comes in. It just seems so perfect, doesn't it, Coach Jones? He comes into San Antonio. They have Greg Popovich, the coach of all coaches in the NBA. They have the history with Tim Duncan and and David Robinson and championships. And now he goes to San Antonio. He's a French kid. He's a French kid. Tony, Uh, grew up with a jersey. He's wearing the jersey all the the time. Who's the other one? Boris Diaw. 
Boris <laughs> Diaw was there. Yeah. It just seems so perfect. And and look, with Wembiana's background, right? Uh, again, I give him a ton of credit as someone speaks pretty good English already, right? Yeah. Comes to the United <laughs> States, he's going to be a media sensation. Yeah. But uh, it just seems like a great fit, right? With yeah. him in that organization in the NBA, and it looks like it, it could be a situation that could be beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I, you can try, you know. <laughs> Tim Wade from Sunday to try to dislike this kid in this situation. But at the end of the day, he's doing stuff you've never seen before. LeBron James came into this league and the best post defender at the time was Ben Wallace. And he was the same size as Ben Wallace. And he was dribbling the ball up and down the floor faster than most twos and threes. And it was something you'd never seen before. And the same thing with this kid. You're talking about a guy who can block shots and shoot shots. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a guy who can catch the ball and finish at the rim, but can also throw dimes to guys at the basket. Like his skill set is literally, it's all over the place. And there's no, the only flaw to his game is he's skinny. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Which you can expect a guy like that, he's going to end up putting on some LBs, right? There's yeah. no question he's going to end up getting bigger. How much bigger, we don't know, but you do no, expect we've that, never right? seen it, and yeah. We've never seen anybody that size running around. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him at a circus, you know. Uh, we don't see him running around, you know. But, I mean, Kevin Durant's skinny. Yeah. Darius oh, Miles was skinny. Well, we remember, I, I don't know if you, you remember that, that summer league when yeah. Kevin Durant came in as yeah. a Seattle Supersonic, by the way. Yeah. He was skinny as all get out. When he, when have you seen when, the yeah. Photoshop pictures of him when his arm is extremely skinny? I have not. It's they were ridiculous. Photoshopped, though, so it wasn't the, real. The, listen, the, it, it was so, it, it's Photoshopped. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But he was so skinny yeah. that people can't tell whether or not it's real or it's Photoshopped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's how skinny he was. I mean, he was like, he couldn't bench press his weight or something like that, you know. But at the end of the day, this game is about putting the ball in the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this kid can not only put the ball in the hole, but he can prevent you from putting the ball in the hole. The agility, right, Coach Jones, that you saw him with him on the court at his height. Come on. I mean, at run, any pl- side. playing like I mean, running up and down the court like Scottie Pippen, essentially. It was impressive. I mean, not I mean, just handling the impressive. ball, because Kevin Durant can handle the ball. Yes. Okay. No some some big yeah. but he does things that that's hard for tall guys to do. Mm-hmm. He puts the ball behind his butt. Yeah. He goes through the legs. You know, little I, I don't I don't know if you saw the clip that I posted maybe a couple months ago. He shot a three pointer. He missed it. He went to the basket and tip dunked it himself. Yeah. Like that's come on. Yeah, there was there was a, there was a couple of moments, right? Especially in that game two of the NBA Summer League game. For game one, he struggled offensively. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. able to shoot that well. Yeah. But in game two, I, didn't I was know there. If he was I was get there sued watching by Britney Spears. I was there watching. By the way, Coach Jones, <laughs> you know, seventeen thousand at the Thompson yeah. Matt yeah. for his second super, you know, Summer League. Fifteen thousand are, are there to see him fail, and it's just so it's so yeah. crazy. And yeah. like, so look, there's pressure, you know, for a kid yeah. that young, seventeen in that situation, and he and he played pretty well in that. I mean, twenty, I think he had twenty eight and seventeen yeah. more or something like that in that game. So a lot of reasons for fans in San Antonio to be excited. You know what, Coach Jones? There's just not enough minutes in the show to have you here, my friend. We're going to definitely have you back. We really appreciate you stopping by on Monday. And 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 most importantly, good luck to Dickinson this year. I know he's left Michigan, and and I just wish him the best. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We saw him him at T-Mobile Arena this year, too. (laughs) 
But in a, in a match, I think Arizona. It was the Arizona. But game. I wasn't rooting for him then. I am. No, you are. So, I'm so rooting for him now. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> coach Jay Jones, assistant coach with our CSN Coyotes here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Coach, have a great season. Thank okay? you very you and, much, and man. Give our best you. to Coach Lee. Yes. And, uh, and uh, all the best this year. We really thank you for stopping by the TC Thank Martin you very show. much, man. We appreciate you. It's been a lot of fun <laughs> hosting uh, Chris Wynn here live. Hosting for T.C. Martin. He will not be back tomorrow. He is going to be doing the play-by-play call as the Las Vegas Aces are taking on the Chicago Sky. So the T.C. Martin show rolls on. On here on KSHB and 1400 and 107.1 FM and all over the World Wide Web. T.C. Martin Show.com. A great Monday, everybody.